Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Longkang Kitties podcast. Uh, this is actually a public service announcement as well as a podcast. In fact, I have received very, very accurate news backed by science, research, and multiple multiple institutions across the world that Lee Kuan Yew has risen up from the dead. Uh, I don't know whether he's come back in zombie form or in cyborg form, but uh, you can go and Google it yourself and, and just see all this news that's out there. What do you guys have to say? <laughs> You guys have seen the news, right, out there about Lee Kuan Yew's uh, uh, revival, his resurrection? Where did you get this news information from? Uh, the Daily Herald, CNN, Fox. Really? Are we living in parallel dimensions? Your fake news! Do you fact check? Your fake news! <laughs> Wait, let me check the date. Oh, it's April 1st. <laughs> oh, is it, is it though? Today. Oh, it is? Oh, yes. ah, lovely, lovely. We are Wonderful recording. joke. <laughs> I, I didn't know it was April the 1st. My, my dates are all gone, man. Eh. No wonder you didn't fact check lah. Hey, all the facts that exist in my head, in my opinion... What I'm saying is correct. Okay, I, I, whatever you say, I believe I'm correct. Then how how you want to settle like that? But is it a fact that is backed by peer review or is it something that you experience? It's, it's a fact that exists as 100% correct in my own world. How? Like that, how? It's different. It's not fake la, to me. It's not fake. La. To you all, it's fake. La, but to me, Lee Kuan Yew really rose from the dead. La. Fuck you all. La. How? So this is the... I suppose this is where I jump in. Yes, yes, yes. Um, talk about definition of fake news. Let's talk about truth. Okay. What the fuck is truth? True. And how do you how do you define it? Yes. So there's two theories of truth that I want to just briefly go through. Okay. The first one is called correspondent theory of truth. So the way okay, I'm gonna simplify a lot. Yeah, but, please do, please but do. But the way that the way the easiest way to think about it is with correspondent theory of truth, right? You need to have what is called a truth uh, maker. So something it has to be grounded in something. So it has to correspond to something else. So if let's say for example I say the speed limit is 60 kilometers an hour there has to be a sign out there that says 60 kilometers per hour speed limit so that I correspond the truth to a certain fact okay then there's the other version of truth which is called the coherence theory of truth okay so coherence theory of truth you don't need a truth maker all you need is a truth bearer or multiple truth bearers okay so the easiest way to think about it is if enough people come together and say this is true Mm -hmm. then therefore it is Mm. So the one example that I like to use is Chinese privilege. Enough people come together and say that Chinese privilege is true, therefore it's true. Uh, is there any significant so-called truth maker in this particular instance? Not really. I'm not that people. Not that people can point to. Maybe some specific instance, but usually they can be shot down. But generally, what the whole thing seems to be is, if enough people think that it's true, therefore it is. And I think the whole thing about this. This week's discussion, right, regarding fake news. The, 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 the main problem that I have whenever I listen to either sides, it doesn't matter whether you're so-called against the government or for the government, they always flip-flop between these two. It's always very, whenever it's convenient for you, you will either adhere to the correspondence theory, which is you need a truth maker, or you go with the coherence theory, which all you need is truth bearers. So these are the two what, theories. What, what, what is the, the, the difficulty in why can't you you adhere to both uh, definitions of truth? Because both, both sound legit to me. It's actually quite contradictory. La. I mean, if you look at it from a very philosophical point of view, they both require different targets for it to be considered as truth. Truth is actually very difficult to, to talk about. A lot of people say truth is subjective, for example, but I don't think that is so. So people who say truth is subjective usually... They, they really love the cohe- the coherence theory of truth because all they care about right is what other people think the truth is whereas where if you look at for example people who think that truth is objective then 
they will say, oh yeah, you know, you need to have some correspond, you need to have some grounding in reality in order for you to say something is true. Otherwise, you're just bullshitting, right? You're just like arguing off your asshole. They, they both are require different conditions to be met in order to be considered something to be considered true. And that is the frustrating thing about this whole endeavor. Definitely. I feel like both uh, definitions are also uh, fallible. The main thing is why, why there's no one unified theory of truth, right? It's because it's a dumb thing to pursue. We are very limited creatures. Uh, there's always something that we don't know, don't understand. And there's always a lot of layers and contextualization to any given situation. While flip-flopping between the two, can, uh, when it's convenient, seems very hypocritical. The truth of the matter is that we sometimes need both. But first, you need to understand why you chose one theory over the other. And there has to be a sufficiently good reason why, and not just because I want to win an argument. Jerry, I am curious as to what you think the government's motivations are in drafting up these new legislative laws. Like, you, you say the textbook answer first, because you are the... You believe in the textbook Should we answer, give right? an introduction to what we're talking about? I try to summarise. Okay, you guys tell me. I try to summarise in the most succinct manner that, I'm, that is possible. Fake news is a danger around the world. Fake news is coined by Donald Trump. Fake news uh, might possibly threaten the safety of Singapore, so government want to control. Anything else to add? There's also the select committee on what they call uh, deliberate online falsehood, falsehoods. Right? So government DOF. set up committee to ask people what they think of fake news or ask experts what they think of fake news. Is this a a, a farce or is this for real? Nobody knows yet. Okay, I, I believe I've I've summarized enough. It's a summary of a summary, I'll say. Yeah, yeah, so it is, it is, it is. The, <laughs> it is. There's naturally a lot of things that the government want to consider and I should probably give them one clap for at least attempting to to hear us out. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if any of it will actually be productive, but at the very least, they set through the 50 hours for the most parts. And main thing is just that they, they, they're, they're delving into a lot of different topics, a lot of different uh, ideas. And we'll be covering, through, we'll be going through them uh, today and we'll be dissecting them in a way that uh, the, the Straits Times have so nicely dissected it for us as well. Because there's no way that any of us will sit through the 50 hours and listen to the whole goddamn thing and, and come up with a reasonable conclusion about that. If you are a viewer out there and you have sat through actually all the 50 hours, we don't mind doing another episode if you are interested to come online. So please write in the comments and let us know if you are one of those people. Okay, so, so right now, how, how much do you believe that fake news has the capacity to, to ruin or to, or to uh, cause harm to society? Like in Singapore specifically, so the government obviously believes that it's a problem. If not, they wouldn't they wouldn't be introducing all this unnecessary new legislation to tackle the problem. But they haven't actually introduced any legislation. Yeah, they, they are just in the okay, okay. in the in the pipelines. Definitely. Mm. Like I like I said, like, the, our previous conclusion was that there's no such thing as fake news because not in the way that they have defined it. At least the the few there's a few reasons for that like, because there, there's a number of different theory about truth. That's for one. Then the second thing is that. What is it that we can say that um, I lost my train of thought? On this. No worries, no worries. But but I I I I actually caught the, the first part of your train of thought because what you're trying to, to do is to is to bring it out of this uh, whole um like fascination with fake news and talk about what is something that you can release online right that will cause actual harm to society, actual harm to Singapore and how it functions. Yeah, but then 
You see, uh, one of the examples that we give in the past, right, was somebody released an article saying that there's some endemic going on where men's penis will, de- will detach <laughs> and fly off on its own. Mm. And then people believe that. I mean, if you actually fucking believe that, right, then you deserve to feel whatever panic that you felt <laughs> at, that time, at that point in time. The whole thing just seems very contrived from the very beginning. I mean, is there really something that is so outrageous and so crazy that some but some article or another can just suddenly disrupt the entire social fabric of Singapore. I Jerry, mean, I, could... I'm going to prove you wrong, man. I'm going to right now, I'm going to come out of this podcast, I'm going to release an article, right, about Lee Kuan Yew's resurrection. <laughs> My God, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'll be surprised if you don't get sued. <laughs> Good luck with that. Don't don't drag the LKK name into this, by the way. Like... You're on your own, then. Yeah, you're on your own. I'm not going to... He lives! Yeah, we, are none, we are not part of this. All of us. Yeah, we're not going to back you up on this. Jerry, back me up on this. Sorry, man. You're on your own. <laughs> I got a mortgage, yo. So I think before we before we go on, the first thing that we should probably talk about is definitions of fake news. Mm. So the way that they currently define fake news is quite broad and quite nebulous. Uh. So it's just simply online falsehood, for example. Something that something that can meddle in either the political scene or yeah, the or the social true. infrastructure so and so and so forth basically something or even false falsehood that could cause profits or cause losses for certain businesses mm. so i think that's currently this umbrella where this uh, umbrella of fake news covers do you guys agree with any of that <laughs> pretty much i guess i i think it's uh they they have a blanket kind of like a Hey, we want to make sure that news regarding these these parts of our our nation remain truthful and genuine, uh, or it it comes from sources that can fact check. But at the same time, you know how it is like when you when you define it too clearly, people can play around it. When you put it in black and white, there there are always ways to circumvent. And people who really want to I don't know perhaps cause Singapore harm for some reason, they could use other methods. Uh, that could but work could, around you it. You could say that about anything, right? Yeah, yeah, it's true. You true. could say that about, I don't know, like knives and, and cars, right? If people want to cause harm, then they could use a plastic bottle if they if they really wanted to. The, the, the problem with not having things clearly defined is that you are, uh, on the one hand, you're insulating yourself from criticism. On the other hand, you are maximizing the leverage, that, the, the leeway that you have when it comes true, to punishing true. True. people whom you deem are propagators of fake news. Which I think is it's just I mean this is as bad as as having uh, guidelines that are too strict, right? This, in a way, it's a kind of censorship as well. It's not just like censoring um, opinions or censoring content. It's also there's a there's a legislative part to it, right? You were saying, so well they haven't decided on it yet. I don't think, but I don't know if it's really censorship. Well, not not yet at least. But there there is this um heavy handedness to the whole situation that I think is just blown out of proportion. That there, there have always been been shit that's just been posted on the internet, right? This is not this is not new. 4chan, 8chan, whatever chan has been doing shit like this for, for many, many years, right? Well, at least it, at least Is this years. a reaction? I mean yeah, the forming of the selection committee. Select committee select committee, I'm sorry. I mean is it not a reaction against um the, the recent Facebook and Cambridge Analytica thing? No, I think they, they had it uh, but that one was a little bit different, right? Like yeah. the Analytica is more about personal information. Yeah, personal information. The the breach of privacy. 
and yeah. the the way that they the way that they conducted themselves was a little bit so called underhanded la. The the ethics are quite blur on that, but I don't think it has anything. There is something to do with fake news, mm-hmm. but I'm not so sure that it's precisely linked. I, it was brought up during the hearing, by the way. Mm. Yeah, it was. Yeah, one of the guys, that 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 Bota guy whose forehead is brighter than my future. <laughs> He, yeah, um, representative for Facebook. Yeah, he was really put on the spot. I think a right. bit unfairly. Yeah. Apparently, he's like a them. new hire for Facebook Singapore, so he doesn't no, know what I, the fuck's I, going I, on. I, I think that he's extremely experienced, and really? I think that he's got a lot of experience behind his belt uh, to land him in that position. Uh, of course, of course. Actually, of course. when I when I okay, this is just me. Uh, but uh. When, I, when I look at him, I feel like hmm, this person uh, he's a cunning, clever individual. I may be wrong about this. This is entirely uh, my. <laughs> how I perceive when I look at somebody's aura and okay. face. <laughs> yeah, you're just judging them. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know based on what. <laughs> on on gut feel, man. John, you've you 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 know you've been around. You've been around for 35 years on this planet. <laughs> what? <laughs> right. You 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 can tell when somebody is being disingenuous, or at least somewhat tell. Okay. Anyway, not I, not in this context. Yeah, okay, I, I, I have I have I have I have uh, I have uh, crossed the line, but. What 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 I I I feel strongly towards right is that I've read articles where countries want to destabilize other countries uh, using this system of social media and you know fake news is merely a subset of this right and and okay I don't know whether there's truth to this but it it strongly seems to evidence that just by using a very low cost alternative of getting a bunch of people together to form a team. Right and manipulate social media, you can somewhat destabilize a country during its vulnerable periods, elections and things like that. You can make uh, people more divisive than they actually seem because you have the ability to change the reality in this uh, social social media landscape. Do you know what I mean? So I think in things like this, right, is what uh, if the government is somewhat if they are looking out for this, yes, then they have my support, right. But if they are out to to censor me when I say that Lee Kuan Yew has risen back from the dead. Right then, that's 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 not fair. They can't do that. That's my opinion. But this has been going on for the longest time. I mean, propaganda has been has been well in place since I don't know how many how many years ago. I mean, since since warfare began. Oh, definitely. Really. And, right? we and then I mean, be it used to vigilant be vigilant against such things. Well, I mean, if anything, you know, in in Singapore, the propaganda has always been one way. You know, like it's never been two ways. Well, I. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, because, because they could control so-called the flow of um, the print media. Right? Like so, for example, in in America, right, when you were looking at the elections uh, between Trump and Clinton, and there were lots of propaganda going round both ways. You know, they were saying shit about Hillary Clinton, saying that you know she's got a stroke or she's very ill and she keeps falling down steps. And then you know, of course, about Trump, you've got all the other stuff. But the thing is, there there is a there 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 is like a to and fro. Whereas in Singapore, it's always been controlled, right? Like we've got the state media, uh, we've got all these other places that uh, tell us what to think, what to do, um, and and how things are. Uh, whereas something like social media is something that the government cannot um, control, right? So I think it's maybe that loss of control that you know in our specific situation that they're concerned about. This exactly mirrors a, a Singaporean parent. You know, something about your kid that is new in the world, you can't control it, and then you come down heavy-handed on him. Oh my god. Every other parent out there is doing that. 
Do you guys know the the buffer movement? Yeah. Yeah. The what? The the one that um people were accusing President Obama of not being an actual U.S. citizen. No, even born in the U.S. Right, right, right. And they were trying they were trying to get him to show his birth certificate. Do you know who started that movement? Hillary Clinton. Oh, what? Why? Why? Why would she? Because she was, because she was, she was running, running against, against, against Obama yeah. and ah, during the during the Democratic so-called primary. Okay, like okay. who was the who was supposed to be the the nominee for the oh, for the party? Yeah, Democratic Party. Yeah, the funny thing is, uh, Hawaii was so pissed off that they stopped all requests after like maybe a good year after President Obama became president. Yeah. So basically, the, I mean the I mean the whole thing is just that this fake news narrative right that just been popping up since I don't know since Trump's election it's just that there's this, this layer of just bullsh- just bullshitness to the whole thing la. like I said la, fake news or falsehoods or whatever has been circulating since time immemorial as so long as we have languages and people were just lying through their teeth so and so forth it really there's no there's no real bearing in our everyday lives they, they really we've been dealing with it for the longest time and now the, the government is just panicking like what NG said just because it's lost control and then therefore it's just spinning this narrative right for them to exert additional control see so that's that's where i'm so upset about this whole thing well i think the thing that probably gives them a lot of anxiety is the fact that now you after we know about cambridge analytica and how our data can be mined to i mean knowing this about consumer behavior and right, consumer targeting but the the whole thing about um political uh targeting well, not new. I think the revelations still shock people because they don't really kind of think about it and think about the repercussions of these sorts of stuff. And I think it's, in a way, a good thing that the government set up the select committee to discuss this because I want to see what are the, what exactly are the points they are concerned about, you know, and, and what sorts of people they would invite in and, you know, actually have talked to them. But I would say, unfortunately, a lot of what I thought was going to happen did not happen. Um, during what what did you think was going to happen? I, I, okay, I naively thought that there would actually be conversations between the invited guests you know, uh, to speak about their area of expertise uh, and their concerns about social media and online falsehoods and etc. etc. But um, that did not happen. What happened was for many, many of the well, well, not many, like but a select few, uh, was a grilling of their past misdeeds. Uh, and it took place for many hours, and clearly was not did not have anything much to do with with um, whatever they say the select committee was supposed to do lah. That's my take on it. Mm-hmm. We could talk a bit about that. This uh, lack of lack of back and forth. This uh... like I feel like the whole premise was a falsehood hmm. on an online falsehood. <laughs> <laughs> right um, because you say that hey uh, I'm gonna you know canvas for uh, people's opinions we're gonna talk about this we'll hear your concerns and, and then we'll see uh, and, and review and, and uh, see how we can come up with policies that will make us all safer from online oh, or actually have we been deceived as well because if you look at uh, the stuff that goes on with PJ Toom Kristen Hahn and uh, who's the other guy um, Jolivan Wham or wherever like those are the our, our, our hardworking Hardworking left. What about the the other forty hours of discussions? Maybe that's where the actual productive discussion did take place in the press, and nobody reported on it. Could could that be the case? Uh, There's some some I've of it heard, is yeah, la, some, but some of it was I 
I didn't hear all 50 hours of it. There were some pretty okay discussions going on, but for the most part, it felt very um, didactic. You know, like the government wants to hear what the government wants to hear, or rather the committee wants to hear what the committee wants to hear. And the committee can ask questions, you can't ask questions back. I, I, I desperately hope that's not the case. And actually, they are, they are very concerned about what the people want to know. And all their reactions actually just bad PR, as the Singaporean government is notoriously known for. So what can we define as fake news, guys? What is fake news to you? I actually don't really care what the fuck is fake news. I care what the government thinks uh, fake news is. Because whatever I think fake news is or isn't um, does not matter to the law once there are legislations in place. I agree. I care about what yeah. their motivations are in implementing these legislations. Yeah, and yeah, Because you're right. Fake news has and always will be part of a society you know, as long as we can talk, as long as we can communicate. Yeah, exactly. Like, for example, Lee Kuan Yew being resurrected. Which is the truth, by the way. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> It can, it can be fake news, right? And it can be like re- truth yes. to the people who believe it's truth, right? So who the fuck gives a shit whether it's real or not according to whoever um, okay, deems okay. it real or not. Um, but what are the repercussions um, that are involved for people who say that Lee Kuan Yew has been resurrected? That's what I'm interested in. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you've hit, the, you've hit my point about thank you so much, Angie. You have like, oh, bullseye. I don't think they're going to do anything about people who say that Lee Kuan Yew has come back from the dead. Um, it's most likely going to be... Are you sure? Yeah, I mean, at least not much. Like, but if enough people believe it... It's more like, if they say something like, Lee Kuan Yew came back from the dead and is now leading the workers' party, then that shit might go down. Like, during during the election cycle or something like that, then if people if enough people believe it and then just like, oh shit, I need to vote for the workers' party now. Then you reach one Then Okay. Then some shit might, might go down. I think that's what they are concerned about. I think that's where their narr- that's where their bandwidth is. No, but see, right? Like, if if you are so concerned about such fine distinctions, I mean, it's not a fine <laughs> distinction, but I'm just saying that you know what distinguishes uh, Lee Kuan Yew coming back from the dead versus Lee Kuan Yew coming back from the dead and leading the Workers Party is the fact that the second one is political, and it can impact the re-elections uh, of. PAP into power. So, once you do something like that, while all, we all kind of know that you know things are kind of one-sided in Singapore, uh, this really makes it very extremely obvious. And the other thing is, when you have something like that that is not clearly defined, then you run into a lot of problems because the government can then find anything that it does not like uh, and throw charges at you for being like fake. Spreading misinformation yeah. and causing whatever. Would they, if they say, let's just run with this Lee Kuan Yew thing for a while. If, let's say, you say that Lee Kuan Yew was resurrected from the dead and is now a zombie and chomping on, like, the brains of little kids, I, it, like, you know, would you be charged? Not if you say it's a parody. Well, for now, yet. Not yet. <laughs> but I think there, has be, there has to be a real obvious parody. Eh? It cannot be like... I think, yeah, that's, that's also where so-called what Jerry was talking about earlier when you start legislating as though it's a game and then people will just find... Like, determined parties will just find ways to get around the game. Um, and then you just draw the news tighter and tighter. It's just a circle jerk of endless control, right? We're just feeding more and more into... Like, we're just playing more and more into the government's hand if we were to so-called test the boundaries all the time. And I think the way around it is just... It's just really to accept that fake news is just going to be 
a part of our lives. Uh, and there's really nothing much we can do and nothing much we should do about it. So I must, I must, can I jump in? <laughs> I still don't jump <laughs> oh, in. <no. laughs> okay, let's, let's just break it down, okay? So what I agree with you is, yes, fake news will always be part of, of uh, this, this uh, sphere that we live in, right? We should accept that. Okay, but as to what can we do, um, I strongly feel that education is the key. So you, 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 a libertarian, believe in self-empowerment. And I, I, I jump in here to tell you that you should empower people to be able to tell what is fake news and not. I mean, people who are most susceptible to like believing believing or, or not fact-checking or with this unhealthy culture of not uh, uh, confirming what you read on social media, uh, uh, whether it's kids or whether it's Lao Sao Sieni, Uncle Auntie, I think that there has to be a way to, to just remind people generally that not everything you read is correct and to take everything with a healthy dose of skepticism and cynicism. Yeah, but then it has to be done voluntarily. You see, the, you cannot just force feed education down people's throat and say, yeah, you know, here, here is what you should believe. Then that's the same as the government trying to force feed legislation down our throat and say, here is what you shouldn't believe. Right? They're, they're both equally bad. I, I just don't quite like the way that you phrase it in like, Oh yeah, all we need is more education. Well, well who are we getting educated by? It's just by the government one, right? I mean, the whole the whole thing was just that skepticism was never really introduced as part of our curriculum because I think the government wanted us to be, you know, wholeheartedly believe in whatever they dispute up or at least not question so much. We've never taught to... Lee Kuan Yew is the founding father of Singapore. We were never taught to so-called critically critically analyze the Straits Times or any other part or any other government-controlled media, and then now suddenly when shit hits the fan, right? Then yeah. suddenly it's just like, oh yeah, you know, we need to curb fake news. Singapore would still be a fishing village if not for Lee Kuan Yew. <laughs> so you're saying it's yeah, I know, I understand you're saying you're, you're saying it's backfiring on them, uh, basically this whole this whole approach. It's not just backfiring, right? It's just that there's no there's actually no real solution to the whole thing other than a voluntary you know, movement by the people to say that, hey, you know, I want to be more involved in discerning fake news, quote-unquote, from real news, right? Like, there's a, there's a series of steps you can actually take to sift out the truth from all, this, from, all the, from all the online bullshit that you read on social media, but it's just a lot of effort. It's just a lot of time and, and effort, and nobody wants to do it. Like, I can understand that. I don't want to do it, like, 90% of the time. I only do it when things concern me, right? And even then, it's also very tiring. So we cannot just simply you know, also put the entire onus on say, oh yeah, you know, all you need is just more education. No, that's, that's, that just doesn't fly, right? And, and sometimes people just don't want to know, you know, that it's fake. Like, for example, um, I read this kind of news article about this woman who trains squirrels to, like, fight off his penis. And, you know, and she looked legit crazy in the, the photo that showed of her. And in my head, I'm like, should I Google whether this is, like, real or not? And I'm like, no, I want to believe that this is real. You know, it is real. It has to be real. I want, I want it so badly to be real that someone actually trains squirrels to bite off a man's dick. And therefore, I didn't check. And now it's still real to me. Can we do a quick Google check right now? <laughs> no. It's fake as shit, lah. Come on, go tell me, guys. I feel like I feel like this is so. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, allow me to to crystallize and condense my thoughts about this. 
So uh, to me, it boils down to two things. The first being, how much do you trust people? And I'm not just talking about um, government, the relationship between the government and, and its uh, citizenry or the citizenry versus the government. Like, um, do you trust that your leaders want to do what is best for you versus do you... Uh, don't, 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 I see the look in your face. Yeah. Do, and, and do you trust that uh, uh, people aren't stupid? You know, I mean, questions like that, you know, for instance. Because when you said, you know, when you bring up examples like that, like you are, you're kind of indirectly saying that people are stupid, right? Like I'm people need to be government. People need to be... To, no, to I'm not saying that people are stupid. It's like the, the people who think that eating alkaline food will cure cancer. That is a belief that's going on around, yes. Yes, and and then people who eat um, balls of sugar thinking that it will cure them. What's the thing called? Homeopathy? Yes. People believe things that they want to believe, right? So when you read an article online that reinforces your beliefs, you're not likely to go and look for other... Articles that say that hey, your belief is bullshit. Yeah, so so in, indirectly, this this what we're talking about right now is that people are very prone to these kind of fallacies. So therefore, in order to fix the problem, we need to control them. <laughs> I'm not saying that we need to control them. I mean, like people. <laughs> we need to control the flow of information. We need to pass legis- legislation that will protect no, us against no, fake news. No, 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 no. Okay, I mean, I'm just giving an example. I'm not. I'm not. I don't believe in this. So I'm just giving an example. Then you're turning into the government. Controlling information, controlling people, what the fuck? Yeah, but I see, I can, I can see things from various points, points of view, even though I don't believe them. Okay, sorry. The next thing, right, that I want to talk about, right, is this... <laughs> oh, Jerry. <laughs> the next thing I want to talk about is... Um, uh, the second point I want to talk about is simply uh, the issue of security versus freedom. Because this is exactly at the heart of uh, this entire discussion. And it has to do... With, it, you can relate it back to guns. You can relate it back to anything that... that, that uh, these two issues are related. Do, do you want the country to be more safe or do you want to have more freedom? Both are important, but where, where do you draw the line? Where do you find that balance? Huh? Yeah, those are my... my, my the, the summary that I've gotten from this entire debacle. It's a false dichotomy. Uh. It's like, oh, do you want freedom or do you want... Oh, you think these two can, can, can coexist and there's a way for it to not no, be a false I, dichotomy? I don't, I don't think it's a zero-sum game. I think that's what I'm saying. It's not like the total point is 100 and then you can either have 50 points in security, 50 points in freedom. It feels like that to you me know. though. No, okay. but that's, I don't think that's the way. Is right? there like, an example that you have in... It can be anything from any other country that that does not subscribe to this uh, zero-sum game that you're talking about. Like, can you give me an example of like, what you mean? The, the control of information, right, has always been... It's always been there. Government is really controlling the information that, re- that they receive and then they don't pass it on to us. This is very normal. And I think... I will say about 70% of the time, I think it's perfectly legit. If let's say they receive news of, let's say for example, a terrorist attack that might happen, okay, no confirmation, or they receive something that might happen and there is confirmation, but they've stopped it before anything could happen. There's no need for, for them to really inform us afterwards to prevent the panic. The flow of information has always been controlled. But then the way that you're describing it, right, is as though right now, if let's say, for example, if I want to go down to my local 7-Eleven to go and buy something without getting blown up by a bomb made by, I don't know, Islamic State or whatever, then the government needs to go to 4chan and really remove those, those troll fuckers from shitposting on, on, on Facebook or whatever. Like, that doesn't gel with me, right? That doesn't, that just, it's so far-fetched from what reality is, I think, and... It's just you're just breaking it down a little bit too simplistically, I think. To see, I, 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 I will, I will, I'm open to this, and I'm open the moment I can see an example of of uh, people able to have that security as well as that freedom. Uh, in, in that specific area, let's say if you're talking about let's say guns or something like that, you know what I mean? 
Uh, oh, we don't have guns in Singapore. I mean, if but that's a good example because I'm going down to the root of it. You know, mm-hmm. so the, the root of it is freedom versus security. So it, it should apply in all these instances, whether it's guns, whether it's information. Oh, it's a bit different with guns, right? Because in Singapore, nobody has a gun. Like so, if, if if certain segment of the population has guns, other than the government, then what you're saying is true. That means some people have sacrificed freedom for security, and some people have sacrificed security for freedom. But that is not the case. Everybody here works on the on the status quo. Everybody here is the same with regards to almost every aspect in life. There's no really one group of people that's I I hesitant to use the okay. word privilege over another. Let me just like take this analogy. Yeah. You guys remember this thing called the bubble gum? Yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> oh, you mean you mean bubble gum is bubble gum, chewing yeah. gum, bubble gum, right, right. And you know, like last time, it, it used to be everywhere. This is like way before my childhood, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of some fuckers who cannot control themselves and stuck bubble gum to the MRT, causing widespread disruption uh, and many many damage, right? Like, what did the government do? They banned all fucking chewing gum and bubble gum. Technically, you can have bubble gum in Singapore if you don't sell it, mm. or Recently, well, somewhat recently, you can sell it if it's medical bubble gum. So I feel like that's a pretty good analogy for this fake news thing. Yeah, bubble gum is a serious <laughs> threat to our security, guys. Yeah. So it's just the way that gonna James Bond this shit stick bombs to bubble gum planted <laughs> under the SBS. No, but it's it's just the way that like we have always reacted to things happening. It's just like a blanket ban on stuff. So when, when someone fell onto the MRT tracks, we all have like, what was that, barriers, safety barriers. Oh, but the safety barriers were on their way up when, before the, the girl fell into Was oh, that so? Yeah, it was on the way up. There are several stations where we have it. It's just that they accelerated the program after she... Yeah. Uh, whether, what, what, what the case turned out to be, uh, they, they didn't do a payout, right? Because they, I can't remember. they have... Uh, Kind of you're talking about the Thai girl, the right? Thai girl, yes. yeah. They kind of, uh, <clears throat> they kind of argued that she, she's, she jumped in on her own because of something. I don't know. All I see is that now I don't have the freedom to go down to the tracks as and when I want to. <laughs> curtailing my freedom, curtailing my freedom of movement and my rights. You're in Singapore, you. <laughs> so I was gonna ask, okay, if we have come to the conclusion that you cannot prevent fake news. And it's very difficult to define fake news. So, what are we going to do next? What's the uh, what's the next step? How is the new legislation going to be like? I don't know, man. I just hope that it doesn't happen. But that's fucking naive of me as well. Oh, it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely going to happen. I mean, they, it's possible that they have already written it ahead of time. And they're just looking to see, like, is there any blind spot that they have? Uh, that is currently written into the legislation that's where the select committee comes in and possibly illuminate so, them so this thing about the select committee uh, I'm always very dubious about like why are these people selected and how how are they qualified to be part of the select committee apart are, from the fact that are you jealous that, that you're not on <laughs> like do you have a do you have a bone to pick with the PAP and then no, you want to get no, I'm just car. like, why Why these people? Why Why was Ghost of Oxley Castle banned? No! <laughs> it wasn't banned. It was not banned. Uh, it was never banned. Yeah. I, I have no idea. Uh, but you can probably find it on their website. Or like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't specifically care about like, who are these people and like, why, why are they talking and we are not. Angie, do you mean the people who were invited 
Or do you mean the people who are on the panel? To on the panel, I Also, mean. the people asking questions. Uh. Yeah. Okay. The people asking questions. Well, there is a law minister there, so... What's law got to do with it? Well, they're talking about legislation. Okay. Yeah, but that comes <laughs> later. But that comes later, right? The legislation. The legislation comes only after the hearing when you kind of um, have ascertained what is fake news, what is this, what is that, blah, 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 blah. And like here's I said, the, the whole thing is... The whole thing just seems like they have already written down what they want to do and then now it's just looking for blind Raya. spots yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Right. It sounds, uh, sounds uh, absolutely that was one of the, the theories that are popping up right like yeah. uh, that this whole thing is a farce I wouldn't say it's a farce lah, but certainly you know no, no, no law can cover everything and the last thing you want to do is to either overreach or underreach what your objective is supposed to be so it's possible that they're just looking, like I said, looking for blind spots in the whole thing. And I'm not, of course, this is unsubstantiated. Uh, I have no evidence to back up whatever I just said. But like you said, uh, why is the law minister on the panel? Well, that's, 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 good, that's good speculation, in it? Actually, it's, there are 10 people on the select committee. Mm-hmm. It's, yep. uh, one of them is Pritam Singh. Yes. Right? And of, of course, there's Shamugam. I don't know. Sun Cheling is who are. Uh, it's very familiar, his name. Yeah, some of the names are quite familiar. <coughs> so, I guess they. So this this is kind of playing into the the, the target audience of the fake news, right? Oh yeah, they're there, so I guess they're supposed to be you know qualified. And then I'll just switch off, right? So this is what you guys are saying, right? People should be more. Hey, mm-hmm. dude, you should be more aware of where your news comes from. But, but the names look okay, wah, well, quite quite trustworthy, ma. Okay. Anyways, the composition of a select committee reflects the balance between the government and opposition benches in parliament. Mm. This is according to the Minister of Law, Mr. Shamungam. And so, the select committee comprised of the Deputy Speaker of Parliament, Charles Chong, seven MPs from PAP, one MP from Workers' Party, and one NMP. That's basically uh, it. So she links NMP. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. But, like, again, my question, why why from the government? Shouldn't they have some kind of scholars on their panel as well to inform them or some shit? That's what I'm asking. Why would they want scholars on the panel? I mean, like, people who have studied um, social media and the spread of truth or an untruth online and stuff like that, you know, why wait, not? Wait, 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 scholar, you're talking about a sociologist, right? Like somewhere along whoever the Whoever like you know, whoever's researching this sort of stuff la, It seems know? like the most the person who's most likely to research um social media is a sociologist. I guess. Sure. But I think I think um, Or could be like a tech analyst or something. It's also quite reflective of uh, how things are being done in I mean of course it's not in Singapore. I mean in America, if you look at those mm. select committee kind of things, it's also by congressmen and senators. Um and a lot of them well, at least in Singapore, we know that our our MPs at least accomplished, from, accomplished, yeah. and you know, educated <laughs> at a certain level. It's quite a uh, normal for politicians to, because ultimately they are the ones going to be arguing in Parliament about these things of what what laws or which parts of the law should uh, legislation should they should they be pursuing more seriously. So I guess you you can call it a fact finding session for them. I mean, if you look at the people that they've lined up to uh, to interview. I'm not so concerned about it. I think this is quite normal, actually. Like, having a panel of politicians because yeah. they're the one who ultimately decides on what gets in or out of the legislation proposed or otherwise. And having 
somebody who is well-versed on the topic, even though it might seem like really beneficial, the problem is that they may not be in on the agenda of the whole, of the whole scenario. And therefore, you're, you're just muddying the waters, right? If someone who is... And by the way, have you heard sociologists talk before? Like, they go on and on. They, they, I mean... They, <laughs> what? That's generalization. No, no, no. They, they, have you ever tried to explain some culture that you like to a person, to a lay person? Like, let's say, for example, you like anime culture, Oh, okay, okay. Right? Okay. And you try to explain it to a person who's never watched anime in their life. They will look at you like you're a fucking crazy person. <laughs> Alright. Sociologists... Is that crazy person? What socialists do deal with facts and numbers, especially those uh, uh quantitative ones? What facts and numbers? You're talking about social. You're talking about soft science called sociology, like the whole thing social. Oh my god! Like, what you, you don't believe in the study of of sociolo- sociology. You don't believe in the study of uh what's that ethnography. You don't believe in study of cultures. You don't believe in the study of no, habits. It's so. not that. It's not that I don't believe in it. It's just that I just don't think it's. I just don't think it's helpful for the committee to have somebody who is well-versed in the whole thing drone on and on about, I don't know, fucking how Facebook... Oh, come on. Like, as if the committee wasn't droning on and on about not irrelevant bullshit anyways, right? Yeah, I'd no. rather li- listen to something that is relevant and has at least some potential use in, um, you know, the manufacturing of new legislative laws then listen to uh, Shanmugam grill PJ Tam for six hours about fucking Operation Cold Store. Like, what the fuck, right? Yeah, I know, but then if they're both equally irrelevant, I, I just I just think that's the case. Well. Okay. It's, it's just not helpful for a sociologist to go on board and tell us all about how wonderful internet culture is. I do not think that was that's what I had in mind, but okay. I mean, whatever you are just right. like imposing your like bias of sociologists onto this whole scenario. I have a bias towards the yeah, whole actually, soft yeah. science, uh, but uh, yeah. okay. Well, why do you think sociology is a soft science? Though? It's not, man. Can you like, okay? Like, you explain to me all what what are sociology like? What do they? What do they? What are they trying to find? Yeah, like, what is what is so predictive about their about their field of study that they can de- definitively say, yeah, no, this was this will happen if you implement X Y Z. I'm not gonna defend sociologists and focus. I'm not a sociologist myself. I mean, they, I mean, they can come and you know shoot me or whatever. Like, come on, come at me, bro. Like, but <gasps> wait, 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 come at me, bro. You is what you just said, right? Sociologists who listen to our podcast, if any, please come at Jerry and <laughs> come at, at Jer- John. <laughs> come at Jerry, bro. <laughs> Don't come at me. Go, go towards, uh, go towards John. Okay, 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 okay. So, sociologists, so please sexist, defend you know. yourself. Why, why is that sexist? What the fuck? Because you say bro and you assume that a sociologist will be a man. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is the 21st century. You can use bro and dude for ladies as well. Okay, anyways, moving on. Come at me, bro and G. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen and sociologists out there, please come at John, bro. <laughs> uh, if you would like to have a go at him um, Otherwise this is the end of the podcast part 1 About fake news part 2 um, So stay tuned Stay tuned